Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself Pete and got two guests on uh, that you'll notice Dixon's not on and Chris is still AWOL. So we got Nick from the Texas Meta and then we got Landon from the... Uh, Landon, I believe you're... Are you Chicago or are you just Illinois? Chicago is it. There yep. you go. So welcome on, fellas. Good to see you. Howdy. Howdy. Good to be here. Nick, don't appropriate, you know, appropriate Texas uh, howdies. Yeah, don't don't tell any of these Texans I'm actually from California. So. <laughs> They'll kick you out. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah got got both you on because if I'm not allowed to say howdy. I'm in trouble. <laughs> you say howdy a lot <laughs> uh, to the right people. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I, I mean, I'm from New York, so I definitely have a. I don't say howdy. I say y'all a lot, but other other Southern sayings. But yeah, I got you guys on because we're gonna talk about some of the Nova stuff that went on. Uh, I mean, you both, well, I was gonna say you both did well, but Nick, you really just did well on day t- on the second, uh, tournament, the first tournament, I guess you got the yips and the, and the bad juju and didn't turn out so good for you. No, no, I, I, no, not at all. Yeah. We'll get into that. Cause it's funny. It's funny. It's good. I could feel this. I could feel the rage from your text messages. So it was, it made me smile, even though I was like, poor Nick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we're going to talk about Nova. There were two big tournaments. They were, it basically was two two-day tournaments. You had the Invitational Masters, which technically you had to qualify through different tournaments and events. And then you had just the open tournament on Saturday and Sunday, which anybody that came to Nova and signed up and paid could play in. So definitely interested to talk about not just the matchups that you both had on both those tournaments, because you both played in both, but also just to get some whenever we have these larger tournaments to me it's definitely interesting to talk about uh one what we're noticing in the meta because when you get people traveling from across the country different areas you get different keywords played you get different types of play and i think we get a good idea of some of the uh, just some of the things in the game that are really strong some things that might be struggling uh just different tendencies so that's going to be definitely one of the things we talk about but before we get into it, make sure that you guys are checking us out on YouTube. We're starting to post the uh, episodes, the uh, not just audio anymore. We're putting them on YouTube as well. So that way people that like that media format can definitely do that. Some people liked it with the cards and stuff popping up. So we're going to continue to kind of edit that and improve that for everybody. Uh, definitely make sure you look at Instagram and Twitter. That's where I pay, uh, basically put up a lot of my, hey, this is what I'm painting. So you can see things like, I mean, to Landon's happiness, I'm starting to paint and play some uh, 10 Thunder stuff. So, Landon, you're not the only one. Yep. <laughs> Even got a little Kabuki on there. I tell you what, I don't know if either of you have messed with these, the new Army Painter speed paints, but they work pretty good. I was pretty impressed with them. Either of you get a chance to use those? I've used a little bit of them, but I'm a terrible judge of 
painting and capabilities on that shit but it, it works well for my purpose for sure that's what i'm saying like this kabuki warrior is almost probably 90 percent army paint speed paint um the only color that i highlighted was the purple because the purple i got it didn't have a, a as high of a bright point as some of the other colors but like i mean the emissary for 10 thunders this is just their yellow and their green and literally that's it and it turned out pretty well it looks really good. I yeah, agree. Yeah. So if you are a lazy painter, <laughs> I I like the contrast paints for GW, but the 10, th not 10 thunders, but the army painter speed paints are a little bit better. I was pretty impressed by them. Um, so definitely check those out uh, because it, it'll help you become a better painter. I mean, I painted and posted a picture of the terracotta warrior. And that is literally just one brown speed paint from Army Painter, and it looks amazing because of all the cracks and stuff in the model. So definitely, definitely good to use. And then finally, if you want to support us directly, check us out on patreon.com slash ragequitwire, where you can support us for as little as a dollar and get the content a little bit early. So getting into Nova, the one thing I did appreciate is whoever was running the Nova, which I don't know if it was Jeff or whoever. It was Jeff. Okay, good. Yeah, he used Longshanks, which I, I love because Longshanks, it just, to me, it, it operates smoother. It keeps better, like, live track of, of events. Uh, and it, it's constantly being improved by the person that runs it. So I was happy to see him using it. Yeah, let's just kind of start off with the master the master's tournament essentially as as a war machine player would call it but it i mean the master's tournament itself was pretty big it had almost 20 looks like 23 with a drop and i mean it, it pretty much was a shark tank i mean you had people from good players like andre from the texas meta you had cody from our meta you had solid players like mave and john from you know the southeast as well Obviously, Landon, you you had a couple people from your area come, some Northeastern people. So, I mean, th this was a strong tournament. And going into it, knowing that you just have solid players, I mean, uh, you guys play in a lot of events. So I don't know if that factors into how you approach a tournament when you go into it knowing there's high caliber players. Yeah, for me, I overthought it and really psyched myself <laughs> out on it. Yeah, it was it was a shit show. Um and it shows be, be, with my second tournament because I totally threw that out the window and said, let's have fun and did way better. Yeah, because I think if I if I went to this, which I was going to, but obviously family stuff and then um, other things. But if I went into this knowing high caliber players, that's when I think I, I basically pick my best two keywords and I just run the crap out of that. So if I was playing Guild, it's like, cool, I'm going to play, you know, Hoffman and I'm going to play... I would probably play Dashel if that was the two I was playing in Guild, just because those were the two that I think, to me, are most powerful, most flexible, and just solid. So those are the two I would just do into this tournament, because I'm like, they're solid, they're not going anywhere. If I was playing Outcast, I might just solo Von Schill, because I'm like, he's flexible, can do most of these, and I'm comfortable with it. So what, what about you, Landon? Were you pretty... How did you approach this tournament, obviously, knowing there's there's a good amount of good players in this one? Yeah, I can't say I was super wigged out about anything, uh, just because I go to these events knowing that I'm going to have a good time yep. no matter what. Um, the fact that I tend to win a lot of my games is just an extra added bonus. <laughs> um, but, um, like, I was just going in. I had thankfully borrowed a couple models from a couple of teammates who live out in Boston. Um, it's where 
doing uh, stuff with the Danger Planet, who is a Goonhammer affiliate. Yep. But um, they had loaned me a couple of Ten Thunders models for the weekend to play, and so I knew that was what I was playing. I was, I've been super comfortable playing Yoko, and that's kind of what I ended up soloing, for better or for worse. Nice. So to be fair, I had also in my bench Lynch and Yon Lo if I wanted to. Yeah, and let me ask you both, because this was the first major tournament where Damien was was live. Did that factor any into how you played in this tournament? Well, I played against it, and that was <laughs> that was a bad game for me. But uh, it was definitely a reason why I knew I wanted to like have Yoko available. Okay. So what about you, Nick? Were you worried about the uh, new hotness with Damien being dropped? Worried, yes, but I dodged that bullet the entire week so uh, luckily i i didn't have to worry about that that major um master and crew because uh, i wasn't prepared for it at all well and i think you you got into the the bottom of the bracket early and it looks like i mean you guys correct me if i'm wrong but it looks like damien ended up faring pretty well in this event yeah he lost one game and that was to hoffman too that seems fair <laughs> if you're gonna lose that's how you gotta lose uh, and I'm guessing, Landon, is that the game that you played against uh, David and he just dropped Damien? And is that the game that you got caught on? Yep, that'd be the game that I lost. Okay, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. Because I know that after playing five games against Damien, I, going into an event like this, I think you had to plan for it. And I know, I think Cody ended up soloing. Did did Longton end up soloing? Damien 2? The only game he didn't play Damien 2 was... Uh, he didn't play Damien 2 for one game against me, and then he didn't play Damien 2 in the game where he had to play Hoffman to beat Damien 2... Or Damien, so... Uh, yes, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's something that you got to think about when uh, new models drop. You have to prepare yourself for those. Uh, and, and let me just ask you guys in general, before we get into kind of your rounds here... How are you now, especially after this event, feeling about gaining grounds three? I know there's some people that are still kind of on the fence about how they're feeling about it. So I just, after a whole weekend of just a crap ton of Malifaux, how are you guys feeling about the gaining grounds? I like it. Yeah, it's it's grown on me pretty pretty big. Uh, uh, it, starting to catch on to all the intricacies and the the, the nuances of the new new strats and schemes, and and learning how to. Learning where the space is gonna, or where the fight's gonna happen on the board, yeah. and uh, uh, controlling that area, and what works, what doesn't. Uh, seeing pass tokens be a huge factor in GG three, uh, which is Landon and I's first game, which was uh, a learning experience to say the least. <laughs> so was that the uh, Yoko two crap ton of pass tokens? Yep. Yeah. What, yeah. what round did you guys play? Round one. Round one, I think, in the uh, the Masters, and round three for the Open. Well, you know, correct, why, don't, yeah. why don't we get into round one then here, just kind of since we're right there. Um, I mean, this was Cursed Objects, looked like standard deployment, and yeah, you guys are kind of facing towards each other, so you guys can kind of just talk about how that game, like what you brought into Cursed Objects, like why you brought Yoko and Nick, I, I can't remember what you brought, but why you, you brought your Master. Yeah, I, yeah, sure. So I can. Oh, if you want to lead off, that's fine. I think he's pulling it up. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Landon. Okay, so I ended up taking Yoko too, mostly because, firstly, I just like Yoko in a in a sort of scheme where I don't have to go anywhere, right? So with cursed objects, 
it's the idea that if I can have this activation control, I can kind of dictate where the engagement happens just by watching how my opponent moves around. I have Fuhatsu, so I have this big range piece. So if he doesn't come into me, then I just get to pump damage into him without him getting much of a say-so. And then, uh, you know, generally speaking, a lot of her models are just kind of tanky, like Kina's Armor 2, Bill's Armor 1. And I'm feeling kind of confident just dropping the list that I've been running for a lot of different rounds. So it's a good way to start the day. Nothing too novel. Yeah. What would you end up bringing, Nick? I brought uh, Bashel 2. Um, really wanted to try to overpower with some some beefy models, but being able to control first turn, uh, Yuko can really control the board and where the people are going to be. And so it was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Landon, it was you did a lot of your support models and waited for your final two major activations using your uh, pumping out your pass tokens and i was activated out i had all of my pieces on the board and with, with dashel <laughs> just kind of waiting yeah with dashel two you can easily clear majority of the board but not with an unactivated bill algren and hinamatsu that, and, and yuko that that's just asking for trouble so it oh, really yeah. made me cagey and then he still got the jump on me so seeing those pass tokens work in that manner uh was was uh, uh pretty enlightening yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good description of what happened. I, I kind of just passed out until it was time to go in. And I did my uh, signature trick where I rocket Hinamatsu up the board by pushing her five, then charging her with Bill with I've got your back, and then just charged his back line to start getting his support models out of the way. I think I killed a sergeant turn one. Then I killed the dispatcher and a steward turn two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Yoko, uh, not Yoko, but um, yeah, it is Yoko. She has a... Is it an attack action or is it tactical that she gets to push a model? It's uh, tactical, I believe. Nice. Um, yeah, because she can do it to herself. A lot of out of activation movement for sure. And you even have lures in there, so you can reposition yourself with your own lures. You can lure his stuff in. So, yeah, there's a lot going on there with Yoko that's just about control and then controlling where the fight is, controlling who's in the fight. And yeah, I, I, I can definitely see, especially Hinamatsu, just beat sticking something. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's great. <laughs> it was great. Um, how did you guys find Cursed Objects uh, with Bashel? I mean, it looks like, Nick, you're probably able to bash a couple of things to get a, get your at least your strats. I don't know if you got your schemes in that game. Uh, no, I didn't get any of my schemes. It really just went downhill. Uh, actually, no, I did get one scheme. I got an in-your-face. Um, uh, but I was unable to have enough activations to get uh, any point of breakthrough, which I was trying to accomplish. But Chris, I'm just, just trying to beat things down and get those those tokens was... Uh, In your face seems really easy with Bashel. You'd think so? Until you face <laughs> no. Landon that knows exactly how to counter it. So it was, fair, it was, it was good. I learned a lot from the game, though. That's that's ultimately what I take from that. Um, it wasn't a bad start. It was I kind of went into it knowing that I was out outclassed, outmatched, and I was going to give it everything I got to minimize diff and to really see what I can do and test myself. I mean, you didn't get 8-0'd there, Nick, so that's not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I call that winning. I don't know about anybody else. Win. Uh, Landon, you weren't scared of Bashel. You just kind of, what, controlled him and uh, pass-tokened him and just kind of, what, murdered everything else besides Bashel, or did you go after Bashel any? Honestly, Bashel was a matchup I was kind of afraid of just because he gets to have so much durability on all yeah. of his guys, but ultimately I was able to pass out and see, okay, these are the models that are going to be able to use Soul Stones this turn, and then just kill the models that weren't in the Dashel bubble. Yeah. Um, 
So that was really the window I was looking for, and Nick thankfully gave it to me. Uh, so I, I think Dashiell lived the entire game. I only started putting attacks into him once I had dropped both the Executioners and pretty much every other model. Yeah, the double um, Executioner in that stupid Dashiell list, especially the first couple turns, it's it's aggressive, it's durable, you're drawing a bunch of cards because the Dispatcher's nearby. It, it gets pretty gross quick. Yeah, no, it certainly can. And so, uh, you know, you just got to look for what openings that uh, your opponent's going to give you and try and exploit that as best you can. Because trying to ram headfirst into Dashiell is a, a losing yeah, recipe. Yeah, not, not a good idea. Uh, do you remember what schemes you took in that one, uh, Landon? Oh, boy. Um, if you don't, I it's fine. I believe I ended up taking In Your Face, and I took... Uh, I don't remember what my other scheme was. I know it wasn't Breakthrough. Are you... Um, because I know Yoko 2 and the uh, Kenochis, I know specifically... Especially when you get a bunch of distracted out, they can actually put out a bunch of damage. How are you? How how did that play out in that game that you played with those two models? So the Kanoichi, it tends to sit back and give focus for a lot of the time, yeah. and then try and reposition with "I've got your back." Uh, every once in a while, you get a cheeky like no witnesses in with them. I used to think that it wasn't something that happened a lot, and then the more I play, the more it actually just happens. randomly pops like, up. Okay, this is good. Um, but I don't recall my Kanoichi doing a ton this game. Okay. Um, other than just kind of sitting back I, and trying to not die because min three gets real <laughs> scary against like executioners and bashful when your stats are like, I'm trying to live with disguised. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I like that she has, uh, at least Yoko has stealth too. So that helps her kind of stay up. Uh, you have to be in base contact to engage her. So that's always good. Um, I'm de I, I haven't tried Yoko two out yet, but I definitely have her painted up and excited to give her the old college try here. Sooner than later, I'm still on the McCabe train currently. McCabe train is plenty fun. Yeah, I, uh, Nick said that I'm I'm just a, a fiend for playing McCabe apparently because he thinks McCabe is pretty decent. <laughs> I love McCabe. McCabe one and two, uh, I could probably solo them and still have a good time and be competitive. I am going to solo him uh, next weekend. There's a small tournament that we're doing, and I'm just going to solo McCabe and see what see how we do. Nice. In, I, See what happens. in 10 Thunders, just because I think he's better in 10 Thunders than uh, Explorers, just because Explorers don't have as many useful minions. I tell you what, Landon, that's the thing I've noticed about playing just McCabe. This is just McCabe, no other Masters yet. McCabe loves minions, and 10 Thunders have so many freaking awesome minions. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, for certain. Uh, there are a lot of good choices to try in Thunders with McCabe. Um, it's it's kind of dealer's choice. All right. Well, you guys kind of, you know, kick off the day that way. And, uh, I mean, you guys play, I think it was, what, three rounds on Thursday and then two rounds on Friday. Is that how that went? Yeah, that's correct. So looking at your other two games that day, is either, either one of those games kind of stick out to you guys on Thursday? Um, Nick, I know you started kind of having some, uh, some bad luck happen, uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, round two, I got a win against a local, but I played two locals the rest of the day. Ah, um, oh, that sucks. And uh, I was expecting Transmortis to hit the board and from one of my players, and uh, he jack-dawed me. So I was not prepared for that amount of negative play experience. Negative play experience. <laughs> <laughs> In flank. He, he was up my ass, like, round one, so. Oh, you played Brian. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of his strongest <laughs> masters he knows. 
So he, he knew it in and out. He knew every trigger that he needed to get up the board and just teleport, teleport, teleport. And I just kept messing with Chakuna's aura. Yeah, I mean, and round two was carve the path and then uh, guard the stash was the third round that day. And it, I mean, it looks like it looks like you played mostly close games, at least on day one there, Nick. I mean, you had 4-2 against Titania with Perdita and then against Jack Daw with Brian, you lost 5-3. So, I mean, it's not like you're getting blown out there. You, you were still having competitive games. So, Absolutely. I don't know. Was it just familiarity and kind of like Brian knows generally what you're doing, especially with Perdita? Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, day two was really the 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 shit show was when we started texting <laughs> and sending pictures of, of the crap going on. It doesn't help it, that I was on a hangover, but that happens. At con- <laughs> yeah, you get, you get used to that with cons. What about you, uh, Landon? How were you feeling day one with your other two games? Yeah, so game two I played against Maeve and uh, it, at – the, towards the end of the turn one, Maeve's just talking to me and she says, you know, I, I think you got this one, but we're just going to play a few turns, see what kind of points I can get. So that was a, that was a quick game of Yoko 2 versus Brewmaster where Brewmaster kind of clumped up a bit in deployment. And I had never played against Brewmaster 2 before, but I figured if you're going to be clumped up punching your own guys, I'll probably be able to blast on you. So I took three models with blasts and that worked out. Mm-hmm. So that, that game went kind of quick, but it was still... Well, it was fun for me. I don't know how fun it was for me. <laughs> well, Brewmaster 2 is an interesting matchup because, yeah, I mean, you're still getting your activation control, but Brewmaster still, if if they can get poison out even on your models, can still kind of control where things are happening even at the uh, end of the turn. So that one to me is kind of interesting, but I also know Maeve could have brought some really weird things because Maeve likes to kind of just some wild lists that I'm just, I don't understand why Maeve plays those certain things sometimes, but they work out for Maeve and not me if I tried something wild. So yeah, her explanation as to why she brought the models she did made sense. Um, it didn't, I I've never seen brewmaster before, so I don't actually know how crazy it was. Um, but the only thing that stood out to me that I had to ask about was why whiskey golem didn't come out. And that was because Maeve was afraid of the, all the armor ignoring. I had the potential to bring since, she correctly assumed I was bringing a samurai. Um, sure. And so I, I think it was not incorrect to leave the whiskey golem at home as just an enforcer that would get blown off the table. Yeah, if I'm not bring, See, the thing is, though, and I don't know if Maeve brought a whiskey gammon then instead or uh, another construct, but I always... I feel like I have to bring a construct just because you want to get that aura of poison, you know, hazardous poison kind of aura out and you have yeah, to... she tried to rely on the scheme markers. Yeah, that. see that's rough because that those can be removed a lot easier. Yeah, for me it was just that the scheme markers never really moved into me, so I wasn't too worried about that's the problem like, too. my guys getting yeah. poison. Definitely, I can see that. And then day one, did you end up playing your game against uh against Damien and uh in Longton there? Yeah, that was round three, the uh, last game of the day, the darkest timeline, as my teammates like to put it, <laughs> of um, having to play the guy that I you know, had discussed all about how we were going to win the tournament beforehand. Yeah. Uh, and he ends up bringing the exact list that I had built for him to beat Yoko 2, because one day we were just having lunch. He's like, so how do I beat Yoko 2? And I'm like, well, let me tell you. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and then model for model, the exact list I had uh, come up with is right there and i'm going yep 
I built this list. I know it's going to happen. But you, you, it is not going you to dropped, be a good time you dropped for it me. in Dan anyways. You, you just dropped Yoko anyways, huh? Yep. Well, I mean, Yoko's got a good matchup versus Damien too, and I wasn't actually sure if it was going to be enough to pull out the W for him. Uh, obviously, it was. Um, it's a close game. It looks like what four three into guard the stash. Yeah, it's like I was telling everybody afterwards. Damien is the most overpowered nonsense ever. I lost four three. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, fair. Was and it I Aspirant know... or the other one? Uh, unfound. It was Aspirant that I suggested he play. As, is that um, the title? Versus, yeah, that's well, no, they're both titled, right? But Damien Aspirant is the first okay. one we saw, so I think most people will call him Damien yeah. One. Uh, Damien Two, I've played into his Damien Two before and just crushed gotcha. it. So um, that was why I think he wanted like a Yoko counter list, so to speak. Um, and and it worked. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, that. I don't know. You you can tell me how it kind of played out, but I feel like Damien one. I don't. I don't know. I feel like the crew does more lifting with Damien one, whereas with Damien two, it's more. I'm gonna get Damien two in position to kill stuff. I don't know if that's how that game played out. Uh, Damien one still just murders okay. a model a turn by just saying you take three irreducible and you can't prevent damage anymore, and then hits you three times for anywhere from two to five a pop since. He can use Loath to get straight flips on the damage if he really wants to. It's much easier to do that when you're doing it with a 10-inch gun than with a 2-inch melee. That's fair. Um, so, no, Damien 1 still puts out a crap ton of damage while putting out Injured. Okay. I mean, do you... And I know we talked about this a little bit, but, I mean, are are you... Do you really feel like Damien's, like, pretty strong and it was kind of a problem while you guys were navigating the tournament? So I obviously need to see more table space or table time with it. Um, but I do feel like Damien one is really, really strong. Damien two, I still feel okay against, yeah. um, Longton kind of disagrees with me thinking that Damien one's more the flex piece, whereas Damien two is the always take, but obviously he did really well with Damien two. So it's hard for me to say that he's wrong. <laughs> yeah. I think Damien two, I think once you play, cause I thought the same thing. I, I, when I first played against Damien 2, I thought it was bullshit. I was like, this is the stupidest thing. And then I started looking at possible counters for him because he is a melee dude. He's going to pull you in. Yeah, you can't use soul stones. And yeah, you can't get suits against him, all that crap. But you start looking at it, it's like, well, you know, he's actually not super hard to burn down if you just bring stuff like straight damage, just you don't need triggers. Um, yeah, the way I dealt with Damien 2 was just uh, shooting him a bunch with Fuhatsu after yeah, passing a bunch and then just like flipping a few moderates putting them in the dirt yeah, um, yeah i think good range list probably can deal with them still pretty good yeah like that and just making sure you get some solid activation control will really do yep. it um which is why in the list to counter yoko i told him just bring the duet so that he gets a little bit of that back uh which was not great oh right because because he's an arcanist so you can bring that kind of stuff yeah <laughs> duet's just gross uh yeah and I don't know. I'm kind of, like I said, I think it, once you play into it, you can probably figure out some counters that you're happy with. Uh, yeah, for sure. But I can definitely see why people are pissed off at new toys when it's just, it, there does seem like, especially I feel like Damien too, he does have a couple of things where it's like, oh, and he has this. Oh, and he has that. That's great. And it's, it, it is annoying the first couple times you play it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was still four three. So that it's not like that game was, you know, crazy blown out or anything. So, I mean, yeah, the thing that pissed me off about that game is Yoko just got 
um, red jokered for damage and moderated for damage a lot to the point where she died somewhere in the middle of turn three or four so i couldn't score secret meetup on the piece of terrain uh -huh. in the center of the board for the end point because it was 3.9 inches in uh, along the diagonal so i couldn't drop a scheme marker using you know kosher methods yeah. and i had like eyeballed it but i measured it out i'm like damn this doesn't work <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you guys are kind of like me, especially in events um, like live tournaments, but I usually try not to measure things out. I, I do a lot of eyeballing like you, Landon, just because there is something to be said to tipping your hand when you measure things. So I, I try not to measure a lot out until I, I am actually doing the thing. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense to do stuff like that, I think. Yeah, so get good and eyeball your stuff. Don't just measure out willy-nilly. Unless you want to do like the old psych out, like I'm going to measure this random thing over here. And then, you know, you don't you don't do that. But <laughs> then you're just, I think you're focusing too much on not playing the game. Right. Uh, let's see here. So that means day one, Nick, at that Masters tournament, you were at a solid one and two. And then it uh, looks like, Landon, you were at a two and one at that point. Yep, that sounds right. So... Nick, I'm going to start with you. How'd your day two go? Started off brutal uh, against a, uh, it's, I think it was identical list that you ran with Parker too. I played the Jim Dyson. Uh, amazing you, guy. You did play against uh, Parker too. Yep. And I knew what I needed to do. I ran Hoff two and, and, and knew what pieces I needed to take. Um, it was in wedge deployment. And I, with Stones, I didn't draw into a severe until round three. So it was brutal just trying to go, oh shit, I'm just going to sit here and survive or try to top deck this shit. And I used every resource I could on positives and nothing went my way and Mad Dog just obliterated me. So it was brutal. Um, James yeah. did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. When you start getting, uh, start getting Mad Dog, you have all that ping damage coming down. Did you bring any of the uh, upgrades to negate the, uh, the pulse damage from those or no? No, no, I really should have. Uh, uh, I really tried to aggro myself in there and uh, get uh, the Peacekeeper up, but the Peacekeeper kept getting stalled in by, by rats, which is stupid. Um, <laughs> it was so ridiculous. These little rats were keeping the Peacekeeper from walking. Um, and it was just a, it was just a, a, he did a great job controlling the board and where I could and couldn't go um, and just went downhill from there. But well done, Jim. Yeah, I think there was one point which I was happy that you saw that because you and I played that that you know at least you saw Parker a bunch mm -hmm. um, from me, so it was good to see him out in the wild. But yeah, I mean, you sent me a picture, and I think this was after you stoned. You sent me a picture where you had a four, a five, a five, a six, six, seven, and I was like, "Good lord, man!" Right, <laughs> and I and I stoned and and dropped a in two ones or a one and a two or something. It was brutal. All right. So Nick had the bad feels. Cards got him. What about you, Landon? How'd day two go? Day two, I had to play into... Um, i trying to remember who started off my round four of day two. I know what happened around five pretty well because I had to play another, another Danger Planet guy. Um, uh, let's see here. It looks like... Yeah, it looks like you played Sam round five and looks like he was playing Maxine... And 
Yeah, that I remember. I'm trying to remember. I think, I think you played. I think you actually played Mave round four. From what it looks like, it looks like you played John oh, Gould. Okay. You I... played John Goulborn. Oh right, John Goulborn was my round two, and Mave was my round four. I I was messing that up. Okay, yeah, no. So I guess I'll just talk about my John. Tell Goulborn tell me you didn't three. have the most fun playing John. Just Shenlong nonsense. So like the only problem <laughs> I had with my game with John Goulborn was that it looked like he had accidentally left his cards at home or something. So we just had a really slow game since uh, we had to look stuff up in the app a lot. Uh, and, yeah, uh, I, I can see that. I also had to play on probably what I'm going to call the worst table at the entire event. And John will back me up on this. We, we both locked in lists without looking at the table. And then we look down at the table when we're deploying and we see this giant river that just splits the table. It was probably like a five, six inch wide river. I've seen, I've seen deploy, that, yeah. And my corner is just entirely a forest, right? So John was the attacker, so he puts me in a You're forest. Like balls. And then immediately <laughs> after I get out of the forest, I have to trek across this five-inch wide river. And so I'm just thinking, man, I should have really taken Train Ninja. And John's like, yeah, I really should have taken Train Ninja. Look at the board, folks. <laughs> it helps you out. <laughs> both playing on this miserable board for, for so basically probably for like a turn a and a half you guys are just trying to sludge through all this crap yeah like i tried to do my typical unpack and i think i got maybe a third of the way oh. up the board instead of all the way up the board okay. <laughs> i'm like man this is this is uh this is tough all right well how'd your game with uh sam go though my game with sam I'm seeing a lot of maxines uh, being dropped yeah, Andre Andre made it popular with the whole Maxine one, but Sam's much more of a Maxine two kind of guy. So uh, that was the game where I just kind of it was actually my first game in a Maxine two ever, and so I'm like, oh, I totally know what Maxine does. I did not know what Maxine <laughs> does. He in <laughs> fact um, did not know. So that was the game I mentioned a little bit earlier before we started, where I I kind of play my typical tank or KG Yoko two game. But he had brought Jin in order to get the free pass token to kind of negate my activation okay. control a bit. And um, it ends up going like, turn, end of turn one, I turn to try to lure Maxine 2 in. And he's like, okay. And Maxine 2 gets lured in. And then he just bonus action leaps her right back after taking three attacks. And I'm like, well, this is not going to be a good Whoa. game if this is how it's going to go. That wasn't good. So I... So I make this one kind of desperation play with only two 12s in my hand, thinking 12 is a good enough card, right? With my lone swords. What's the likelihood, right? Harada, um, before he can get that stupid aura up. And he just cheats a 13. And I'm like, all right, well, if I don't kill a model against Maxine 2, it doesn't die because he just flips four tomes and heals it. Yeah. So I don't even bother cheating the second attack after the first one misses. And the lone swordsman just dies because he takes his own four-year reducible and then just gets mole by the rest of his crew so at that point in time i'm feeling pretty done <laughs> hinamatsu dies later in that same turn and i'm just like well it's you know the end of the tournament i'll just play it out see what i get for points and somewhere in like the end of the turn three i'm trying to score a cheeky guard stash with bill over in like his deployment corner and he says all right i'm gonna run maxine all the way up there to stop you and i'm going oh that's next to my charm warder you're you're approaching my charm order. How very nice of you. And then uh, he's like, oh, whatever, no big deal. You know, my charm order dings him for two or whatever with a melee, and we go into the next turn. And he uses his last stone to stone for cards. And I'm like, oh, he must really want to win Oof. initiative. We flip for initiative, and he just doesn't cheat. And I'm like, 
you you're okay with me going first he's like yeah whatever <laughs> so i i go with bill i i knock maxine down to zero wounds he's like okay cool i'll place over here and heal i'm like uh, no you nobody. won't this is a charm award <laughs> it says right here you don't and he goes oh crap. lantern of souls get wrecked oh that's so so, so sam learned what charm orders i would feel like you didn't feel too um, bad about that though <laughs> i thought it was funnier than anything i'm just like man whoops and luckily it seems he felt the same way at the time um yeah it's one of those things where i don't i i i have i don't always forget about lantern of souls especially with the charm order there are other models that have that ability that i forget about it but i feel like that's pretty much the thing charm orders are usually brought for right it's the iconic charm order ability I, I didn't feel like i needed to point it out um because that was the only reason i hired a charm order even it's like i need lantern in this list so i'll bring it in here and then we'll see how if it works um, i i got wrecked by maxine too and i was playing bayou and bayou in fact does not have lantern of souls so yeah you wish i do wish um, i would still play bayou yeah, maybe from there I get to play a nice tight game because I actually end up scoring two points on strategy on turn four and turn five. You know, I, since I didn't get the original yeah. one after he denied it with Maxine, but then he was running a little light on models just because he played a really elite list and like three or four of them were in my deployment zone. Um, and then I get to get my second point on martyrs because I had already fed him my first martyr earlier in the game uh, with my terracotta I'd been hiding the whole time and end up clawing it back five to four in a game I was pretty confident I was losing on turn two after I had dropped like, a third of my list for no extra, like, crackback. So that felt good. Yeah, and, I mean, that's kind of why you just... And I, we were talking about this before we started recording. I do feel like, especially when you get competitive, that sometimes you got to just finish out rough games. One, because that was like the game we played, Nick, where you played Lady J and I was playing uh, Parker Dead Man Walking. And I just, I wanted to see how well it could fight out of a bad situation. And I think there's a lot to be said, especially in tournaments, to just kind of play it out. And I know it's tough because I've been there where I just want to throw cards. But just play it out and see how many points, like you were saying, Landon. You can, and honestly, I mean, round five, your opponent and you sometimes, but hopefully your opponent might make a mistake that just lets you back in a game. Right. So... Yeah, like sometimes people just make mistakes and you score points. And yeah. uh, it's really nice when that happens. You're like, thank you. I will take that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so the Masters tournament ended up fin finishing uh, with Longton, ended up getting first with, I won't even say Arcanist, we'll just say Damien. Uh, Landon. He played Hoffman okay, once. Okay, fair, fair. <laughs> Damien was on looking. But yeah, yeah. Damien. <laughs> Uh, Landon, you took second with uh, 10 Thunders. Very nice. And then uh, Cody took third. And I I think, I'm not going to look, but I'm pretty sure Cody was pretty heavy just playing Damien. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Cody actually played anything that wasn't Damien. Yeah, Cody kind of does I'm that. like 90% confident. He'll, he'll kind of, generally, he'll pick a faction. He'll kind of run at least one keyword and then maybe double master it up. He, he likes doing the double master thing. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised because despite the fact that double masters were legal in the masters, I didn't actually see anyone try it. Did you? No, Nick? not at all. I, I plenty of time after I got tabled to go look at other tables, and I didn't see any double masters either. Nick, after I yeah. went to go get a beer to calm down, yeah, I threw the salty <laughs> bit in there. But no, I didn't see as many uh, double masters as I anticipated. I was really I, looking for some cheeky shit. That's interesting because. Uh... 
And I, I know, uh, Landon, you can attest to this. When we went to uh, Captain Con, it seems like there were a ton of people running double masters. Yeah, they were all over at Captain Con. That's kind of why I was expecting to see a bit more. Hmm. Maybe maybe that's just gaining grounds three. I don't know. It could be that we were playing bands, right? And maybe people yeah. just ban the correct Oh, you guys were turn. playing bands. Yeah. Yeah, bands is a big reason why I ended up playing Yoko as opposed to like Lynch or anyone else. Just because Yoko's keyword is super solid and has all the models you want. Yeah, a lot of people will ban Yoko just to get rid of things like the Kenochi and Trump. Hinam- yeah, and they can't Hinamatsu, do that yeah. if you're just playing it. Right. So, so yeah, and that's that's an interesting format. I haven't played bands yet, but I, I definitely like it because if there's like a second master you just hate, I love the fact that you can just be like, yep, you're not playing Hoffman 2. So that might have something to do with it. Yeah, I imagine that's got to be it. Yeah, and it looks like as far as factions go, there was a pretty good spread as far as uh, the the breakdown of the different uh, different factions. It looks like they were all represented in this. So pretty decent spread. How many Ten Thunders players were there? Was it actually just me? No, or, no John it was you and John. As well, it right, was just yeah. you and John. Just me and John. All right. Hey, like I said, we're we're bringing it to the Rage Quit Wire. We've got the models painted. They're getting on Excellent. the table. <laughs> I honestly just got tired of not knowing what the faction did. So right. I played against 10 Thunders. I'm like, oh, what the fuck does this do? Uh, so that, that's my big push on why I'm doing it, honestly. Uh, yeah, that's why I tried out <laughs> Explorers right when they came out. I'm like, I got to see this on the table, and I got to be the one to do it. Otherwise, I'm just going to lose when it happens. Right. All right. So you guys end up doing well. Sorry, Landon did well uh, in this tournament. It was a new... so. <laughs> Nick, I do want to get your your perspective because you have a whole nother tournament to play. How are you feeling after that shit show you had on day two? I was ready to say fuck it. No joke. <laughs> I was I was I was about done. I, I I wasn't in the right mental state just to continue. And I got to the point where I was like, wait a minute, I'm here to have fun. Like, who gives a shit at this point, right? I'm I, I'm in a room full of killers. These guys are all really good players. Guys and girls were all really good players. Um just have fun and enjoy the games with, with your, uh, the the people you see online all the time. And when my mind, when I changed my perspective on how to approach the next tournament is when things went way better. Yeah. And I also like it because I think at that, that was the moment where you also decided to be like, F it. I'm just dropping Perdita. Yep. That's exactly what I did. I know her well. I know all the intricacies and the shenanigans I can do on multiple fronts and said, fuck it. I just went with it. And Landon, you also had a change of mindset going into the next tournament. So part of it was I had asked in a Discord, you know, what I should do for the second day tournament. Because to me, the Masters was the big important deal. And the next tournament, no matter what happened, I was going to have fun. Then the next part of it was drinking a lot at karaoke. <laughs> I saw the pictures. I think they posted it on Danger Planet's uh, YouTube page. I was like, oh, well I done. Bet. Well done. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Um, but then the third part of it was, of course, just being offered all of basically Guild, everything but Bass, to just, like, fuck around and have fun with during the Open. And so thank you to Nathan for allowing me to do that. But I'd always been thinking about, like, diving into Guild ever since Burn started to get spoiled. So, so good. And I had had, like, maybe two or three games of practice with a handful of the Guild Masters. I'd played Dashiell 2 before. And I had played Sonya 2 before, and actually that might have been it. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, I like these masters. I really want to give them a shot. Let's see how they do. 
So looking at this, I mean, it, it, and you still have a lot of the good players, obviously, who played in the Masters. It looks like there were a few more players. This one got up to about 33 players. Um, so you get some other people who maybe aren't as cutthroat and they're, they're just there to kind of have some, have some good games, maybe play something random that you, you hadn't seen before. Um, but yeah, so looking at the, let me get into, looks like round one was carve a path. How do you, how are you guys feeling about carve a path? I don't know if that's one you guys are starting to like as far as a strategy or not. That one's kind of. It reminds me a lot of Heroes of the Storm and kind of guarding the cart and kind of pushing it along with, you know, your models. So I don't know how you all feel about it. I personally like it when it's not on corner deployment, uh, especially on those boards at uh, uh, Nova. Corner <laughs> to get your third and fourth point are near impossible unless you table your opponent. Uh, yeah, this one brutal. looked like it was, it was this one looked like it was wedge for uh, this second tournament. I think it's maybe a little too easy on Wedge, but then that's countered out by just being in your opponent's face so quickly. Um, I didn't mind it on Corner, but it is a little much on some of the boards. Like on on the board I described, that's at, with John Goldborn, that was actually our Carve the Path round. But I had eventually actually gotten it there just because Amonazaka is such a house at it. But um, yeah, it can be. I wasn't getting more than three. The other marker I just abandoned somewhere on the center. But so, I think it's a pretty cool strat. I like most of the strats, honestly. Yeah, yeah and with Perdita, Nick, what are you uh, what are you pushing the ball with? Everybody, I've got so much out of activation. Um, so instead of concentrating, sometimes you would just be like, "Yep, go push." Yeah, and I can focus push towards a model and then uh, uh, up into uh, interacting towards it uh, at a at a later date. Um, strategically putting Nino up in in the right position to bump that marker up round two. It just you, you you played against Zip round one. How was that? It was interesting. It was Zip one, and uh, 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 Tim, awesome opponent, uh, was concerned with the sheer volume of marker removal that I had in keyword and sure. the guild mages on the table. Um, of he course, a, you got to bring the guild mage. Got to oh, freaking course. bring it. Of course, but he did a good job trying to negate all of my uh, shooting lanes. Um, but uh, eventually, it snowballed into my favor. Yeah, I mean, Bayou stuff is just, you know, it's Bayou stuff. You get a bad flip and all of a sudden the model's dead. Mm -hmm. Bad things yeah. happen. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So you ended up getting that one 4-1. I know that, Man, Nick, you're playing some cagey shit if you're only scoring like four or five points in your games. Uh, we didn't make it out of round three, I believe. Ah, uh, um, okay. Yeah, that one was a slow go. That was, uh, we got a little bit late of a start. Uh, he had to pick up his cards from the room or something. We had a little bit of a, of a gotcha. late start, but um, yeah, so that's that's the low score there. Okay, and Landon, before you talk about, because it looks like you had, uh, <laughs> you played against, ooh, oof. you played against Levy 2 round one? Yep, that'd be correct. How'd that go? And, and you dropped Sonya. Yeah, um, I feel a little bit bad about this one because it, you it was should. A, a newer player, <laughs> I think. Um, how dare, I don't know that how dare you kill the puppets? Because, uh, well, he clumped up a lot of his stuff turn one, and well, most people know how it goes when you clump up your stuff turn one fire. against someone. Lots of fire. Um, In so wedge. I, think I killed the pale rider without even targeting him once, just by blasting oh. off the oh. first the waifs. And then the soul battery. You're a bad oh. man. <laughs> yeah. 
So well, we I think to... I had three models dead turn well, one. Not, one so not only that, but then you're also, because most of the time you're going to get those triggers, right? To put Then you have pyre markers next to all your crap. Yeah, well, you can't drop the pyre markers and blast at the same time. So if it's choosing them to kill the markers or drop the pyres, I'm going to drop the, the blast markers and kill your models. Um, but, like, there were definitely still a bunch of pyres on the board. It was amusing because, like, the pyres were on his half, and that's where I want my wagon to go. So I kind of had to try and push my wagon to not remove all my pyre markers. Yeah, and um, I don't know how you feel, but uh, what what's that one ability where you get to look at your opponent's, like, top five cards? Skated lore, used oh, it every turn. So, oh, so good. It's like, well, I'm going to make sure you have to cheat first every time, and I'm going to use my lawyer to make sure I've got the 13 I need to do it. So yeah, and you as, know I've got a 13, and you're flipping like crap. How high do you want to cheat? As an opponent, you just know, like when Nick did it against me, I, I it just makes you rethink everything because you're like, well, I might, I might as well not even stone here because you know I'm going to maybe mitigate one damage, or if it's the Black Joker, he just put it in there, and then nothing happens. Yeah, I was mostly shooting enforcers just to make sure that I was uh, blasting without you know any input from my opponent. But uh, how about it was, uh, uh, it was a rough game? Did you get any of those sweet uh, out of activation like smacking with the thralls? You know, I didn't actually get any of that. I wanted to, but my lawyer actually, amusingly enough, was just playing like patty cake with the dead rider. Trying, I would push, he would push it back because he knew he needed to try and fight for points. Um, and that's how he gets his one card point. But uh... I, you know, and I, I like Levy too a lot. And Nick, I know you're a fan of Leviticus and both versions, but I feel like Levy two, a lot of the strats are just problematic for because it's an elite list, and I think it's hard for Levy to kind of do. It, I, I feel like you just got to grind it out with Levy two. It's just there's not going to be a lot of games where you just out attrition maybe not out attrition is the right word but I, I i don't know it's just kind of weird to me that you don't ever have more bodies right? yeah because you got so many elite models yeah i feel like he does okay on like covert ops but i don't know that i like him for much else maybe for um the what do you call it the uh, kill strategy with the tokens cursed objects both the co's he can do the co's yeah but the other the ones that... just not enough bodies yeah, because the thing with those strats is you can use the pass tokens you get off of his um, Dispel Magic to try and get last activation, and last activation, two riders back-to-back -back will do some good work. Um, but, like, that's not always a winning strategy. So, But you both ended up getting the win round one, so, Nick, you got to be already feeling a lot better. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to kill anybody for real. Oh, yeah, had a beer at lunch. I was ready to go for round two. All right, and round two, I mean, I mean, it looks like you had a guild mirror match, Nick. You ended up playing against Dashel 2. That one I might have been worried about if I were you, just because how hyper-aggressive and killy that can be. Yeah, so I know uh, Jordan... And this was guard, guard the Stash, round two. Guard the Stash, yeah. And uh, uh, my opponent, Jordan's another Texan, and so I, I knew what was coming my way and i was able to mitigate a lot of the major damage that was coming in um sure. and then just punishing them hard uh, i put the no heal aura up on uh on dashel and i wound up uh, killing him at the beginning of turn two uh because he, he shoved him in my face real quick but i hit every mask on frank's uh, uh stat seven sword um i kept uh, monitoring um, on single nags and, and just kept whittling away and he was gone and it was I was able to make up a lot of room that way so that sounds really familiar I wonder why <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
And Landon, I'm looking at your round two, and I'm actually a little surprised. Um, looks like Joel dropped Mayfang one, and I feel like it Mayfeng... was Mayfang two. It was Mayfeng. oh, it's just okay. I was gonna say because Mayfang two just seems a ton better. Yeah, no, it was Mayfang two. I think that might just be a mistake on Longshanks. Okay. Yeah, how did, I mean, how did you? Because that can be a beast of a list. So how did you navigate around Mayfang two? Yeah, so I guess for starters, I should say that I was going into this event entirely with the intent to play Scorpius, as we'd been told the day before that Scorpius was going to be as good, if not a better, or an equivalent prize to what first place was for the Masters. And so I'm like, all right, screw it. If I'm going to win any prizes, it's got to be the Scorpius. You know, you go for the big So you're, for the you're playing a different Master each round. <laughs> right. I, I had dedicated myself to that going into it. And I'd already dropped my Sonya, so I'm like, all right. Sonya with expert marksman might have been nice, but that's gone. That's the past. We're done with that. <laughs> Can't look back. So I start looking through my list, and I'm like, well, maybe Hoffman. And so I'm talking it over with Nathan, who's loaning me the models. He's like, I had a really bad game of Hoffman versus Mayfing in the Masters. I'm like, okay, you play a more guild. I'll, I'll trust you on that. I'll so listen to you. <laughs> um, and so I think maybe Lucius. You know, I got to play Lucius at some point. The board that we're playing on is like a bunch of different hills we had called you know, blocking climbable. So I can teleport basically anywhere on the map with Lucius too if I take him. So gross. And if I was smarter, I would have taken some good schemes to score with uh, his bonus thing, but I ended up not taking spread them out for free points. That was a uh, one of those things where it's like if I had played the master once before, I would have done it. Yeah, you like um, hard mode. It's okay. You like to a little challenge there. Yeah. So I end up not scoring any on assassinate later. But, uh, <laughs> The rest of it worked out well, being able to jump around to the guard markers that had like zero to one models with it with Lucius to kill the guy and then score my guard point for the round every turn, while also trying to keep him relatively lean on strap points. Um, and I just kind of have the rest of the list cycling out, so I have a hand of 13s every turn. And that works out really well when you just get to win every duel you cheat. It does. feels good. And so I, it was uh, it was vaguely Yoko 2-esque. Yeah, and I think that's something I'm starting to notice the more and more I play competitively is that you can play anything. Like, in any given game, you could probably win with almost any keyword in Malifaux. But the ones that just are consistently, you know, either drawing or filtering through your deck are the ones that really tend to just consistently get you the Ws when you play against them. Yeah, it was one of those things where, like, in Theoryville, I said that I really didn't like Lucius, and I'll go on record saying that I don't. But having played it once, I'm like, man, I can really get why people really like these lists. Yeah. It's like, everything you try to do just works, right? Um, the problem I have with it is if you ever just have, like, a bad Lucius turn, your entire list falls apart. Like, you black one of your He set you up pretty good. And nothing works. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, that's why you go ahead and play him, apparently, in Neverboard, and then just put Ancient Pact on him. Yeah, right. <laughs> then you don't have to worry helps. about it, you know? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Fine. All right, last round of the day. Let's see what you guys end up playing into. Knowing, Nick, you probably got another Texan, but we'll see. I know you guys play no, each other. No, we play each other, yeah. <laughs> For the second time in uh, as many days. Right. Yeah, and... Uh, Definitely interesting. So obviously Nick's playing Perdita, and this is where Landon, you decide to drop uh, the old Bashel there. Yeah, I didn't actually realize your game right before this was also into Bashel. <laughs> That's just a funny fact. I was completely unaware. Nick's of. just like, ah, oh, here we go again. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, second verse, same as the first. <laughs> I was a little worried going into it because I knew Nick 
was playing Dashiell round one, and I'm like, oh, crap, am I going to be playing into someone who knows my models better than I do? You know, I've played more than one game of Dashiell before, but not like, yeah. not more than five, sure. right? <laughs> but I'm relatively confident going into it that Dashiell is a good pick for the strategy and scheme pool, and I'm like, all right, we'll we'll drop it anyways. He's was still the, tanky, uh, and he's my favorite. Was the Strat match. cursed? Is that what this was? It was Guard the Stash. Okay. Or no, oh. it was Covert Ops. I'm sorry. Covert. It was Covert, Covert Ops with like Leave Your Mark and a couple other good Dashel schemes like Vendetta. Okay. Mm. So who ended up dying first? <laughs> uh, Nino. Somebody somebody died in this damn game. Yep. Yeah, Nino. I'll, Landon, I'll let you say it. It's okay. Sure. So Nino took one activation. And I'm like, all right, Nino's activated. I got my, my riders here. And I'm going to measure out exactly how to get my rider to ride with me, shoot Nino twice. And it turns out I can't do it on my first activation back. So I do all this finagling with my deployment zone. If you like, which oh, which model gets my rough rider into position? I end up going with, I think, the dispatcher, doing a consolidate power and getting them in position. I'm like, all right, Nick, I showed you what I'm doing. What's your response? And I can't remember what you did back, but you didn't move Nino. So Nino is in danger. I, I put uh, the guild mage in the six-inch bubble, ready to heal. I, I was under the assumption I was going to be able to to tolerate uh, a two shots. One from... activation, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that not so happen? I, I go with the mounted guard. I ride with me up, and then I just stone for the crit strike. And Nick's like, "Oh, you can do that. <laughs> he can, <laughs> yeah." And so I cheat like the thirteen of rams to hit, or maybe it's the twelve of rams. But I have the thirteen of rams in my hand as well. So I just shoot him again with the 13 of Rams and Nino just dies. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm so used to bum rushing Dashel in and only using those stones on defense flips, completely ignoring the rest of the models and his crew that could stone. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and so it wasn't even on, I was like, Oh yeah, you know, neat. And then Nino the rider got a shield. The rider got a shield for using the stone too, so you know why not? Yeah, he got two shield or two shielded because he used two stones, or no, maybe he only used one stone. I can't remember. Yeah, Nick, that's when you just look yeah. at that and you're just like, "Well, son of a bitch." <laughs> yep, uh, wrote that one down for to use later. You know, do you yeah. play? <laughs> so he takes a ton of punishment back, and I think I just consolidate. I you do something to get him back out of danger after he's taken a, a bunch of retaliation damage, shall we say? Um, and just send him off to a corner later, banished to go run strategies or whatever. Yeah, Nino going down turn one, that's super rough, though. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I, I will say, Landon, I do like what you, you said there with the rider is I, I also tend to be I usually use the riders more to be super aggressive with the other pieces, um, getting the occasional shots in there, of course. But yeah, once they're super low, it's like, yeah, just run them off and go scheme somewhere. Yeah, he eventually comes back later in the game to be a hero to take some bullets for uh, my Vendetta target. Like, but, do, like um, dove in front of them or something? Yeah, no, he like rides in there, uses I've got your back to throw him behind the rider, blocking line of sight, and then just eats two, three activations of attacks <laughs> later like a hero. Um, what a boss. But it turns out later that Nick had Vendetta on that rider anyway, so he was perfectly happy to kill it. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Well, cool. I mean, that one ended. I mean, still close game though. It was five three, so that one kind of went to the the end of it. Oh, it was a real tight game. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that swung it was just on the last turn. I was able to deny Nick's uh, let them or what, leave your leave mark, mark point by using the crow trigger on the last stone I had been clutching the entire game to uh, drop a scheme with Dashiell while removing a scheme. Ah. Uh... 
Yeah. So that changes it from a 4-4 to a a 5-3. Okay, so So it was was looking like a draw then. Uh, I was thinking that way until that last activation with Dashiell. But Landon totally mathed it out and and knew exactly when to pass and and to just let it ride. He killed an unactivated model to have that activation control. And then I I think Dashiell was buried. And so I was just trying to pull push models together to to, when he popped out, I, I hold him in. But nope, he just moves right along, right around, and does what he Nick's does. Nick's over here like, I'm just playing checkers to your chess, man. It's <laughs> uh, That's some next level. Th- that's stuff where it's like, I, you know, I, I'm an okay player, but there are some players, like I play against Cody like in every other tournament, and I can get some wins on Cody, but there's other times where I'm like, you're really planning this stuff out, and I'm just kind of flying around out there. <laughs> Uh, different types of players. Absolutely. And it was a good game, though. Um, I, I that's all, that's all you can ask for. Oh, yeah. It was a good demonstration of what Perdita 2 can do when she actually gets those summons off. Because at the end of the game, I think you had both Monster Hunters out. Those yeah. Monster yeah. Hunters are brutal. Well, I asked Nick the first time I talked to him about uh, Perdita. I was like, how often do you get these Monster Hunters? He's like, oh, pretty much every game. <laughs> yeah. You, you pick those right models to make sure they're they're in that range to get them grown. Because especially, I didn't have a Boila on this list, but you start getting to those stat seven, potentially stat eights out of activation mm-hmm. against the, with whatever trigger you want. And that's stunned on a stick right there. So uh, get that crow every time and just stun whatever you can on the op- opponent's crew. Well done. And we got, so you guys get into the last day which is definitely where you start to see some kind of on Sunday. You never know what you're going to see on Sunday because especially that, that first round people are like theory crafting. They're like, sometimes the matchups are, so, you know, Oh, I'm playing against this faction. So some people drop some really wild stuff, uh, uh, on that, on that first round of the last day. So, I mean, Nick, it looks like you got to go up against brewmaster too. So, I don't know how many games you have against Brewery, but that's all. That can be a tough matchup. It really was. Uh, I did put no prisoners on um, uh, Francisco because uh, I knew he. So was at least be he wasn't of, getting poisoned. Yeah. Yeah, I knew he was going to be overextended a little bit, um, and I kept my Guild Mage bubble and uh, uh, the Summon bubble with the with the buffs, and he correctly deployed behind a dense, a large dense uh, piece of terrain, and just handled his bubble round one and I didn't get any shots off really. And, uh, and so the game really started kicking into gear round two and, uh, we got through, uh, barely the end of round three and I was able to squeak out a win. So I think the question is how many fermented river monks did that brew player bring? Three. Whoa. That's my kind of person right there. Well yeah. done, John. I guess John Moser. If I mispronounced your last name, I'm sorry, but you're my kind of brew brewmaster player. That's exactly what I like seeing. Yeah, he's a local Texan. Um, uh, awesome dude, and he 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 knows that crew very well, and so he was able to 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 get through a lot of those activations fairly quickly. And then, I mean, Landon, you just can't avoid your your BFF there. Yeah, no, it was uh, the fourth game in two days that I was playing against somebody that I, you know, play with. Because the first event, it was Longton Game 3, Sam Game 5. This event, it was Joel, who's actually one of my locals, who I probably play the most with. I had played Round 2. And then Longton pops up again Round 4. It tends to happen when, you know, he's doing well, you're doing well. Yeah, it happens. It's an eventuality. 
but uh, luckily he's feeling real like saucy burnt out at this point oh okay he's like you know what i played so much damien this weekend i don't really want to play another game of damien uh and you know we both know that hoff 2 is like pretty good into damien so tell you what why don't you just not play hoff 2 and i won't play damien and i said okay deal sounds like a great time to me so i declare lady j2 like an asshole because that's what i was intending to do the <laughs> you didn't say time. anything about that um <laughs> And he I feel like that can be worse in a lot of situations. Yeah, right. Because um, these damn coffin markers. Begin with, because of those damn coffin markers, you just bury him so that you know all those passive heals don't go off and beat the crap out of him. Um, yeah, but I make a terrible deployment mistake and just didn't realize exactly how Karis 2 and Rampage interact. Uh, or that Karis 2 had blasts. Yeah. So I eat, end up eating like half the health in my whole crew Oof. turn one when Karis comes in eventually. But luckily I had initiative to then go last activation and barrier so that she had to do the last like three points of burning to herself instead of killing one of my guys. Nice. Um, That's good. And earlier in the turn, I had kidnapped Carlos from six inches outside of his deployment zone back into all my guys. Because, you know, that's what why I, not just walk twice, bonus action a guy through a wall, and then charge back to your deployment? That's what I hate about Lady J. It's just like, I'm going to, you know, walk, get up to the middle of the board, and then I'm just going to bury what you love. That's that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, so Carlos Carlos decided to meet the inside of a coffin, and then just dies before he ever unburies. Uh, and he was also my vendetta target, so I was happy about that. Um but I end up just having enough damage to pump into Lady or to Karis too after she goes in the top of turn two. Yeah, and, uh, and Landon, I know that. So you play a lot of Ten Thunders, and you're used to kind of the out of keyword thing and the verse style thing. Playing, uh, playing into Guild, are you staying more in keyword just because that's kind of how Guild functions a little bit more than uh, Ten Thunders? So I absolutely agree with everything you just said for the most part. Mm -hmm. I think the out of keyword model I ran the most the entire event was lawyer because, you know, when you're yeah, playing, you just going to bring mean, a lawyer. Yeah. Um, but throughout the whole event, I took steward, lawyer, and a guild mage. And those were the only models I ever hired out of keyword. I don't even think I had any out of keyword in my game. And two of them are versatile, so it's not really right. out of keyword. <laughs> right. I brought Pale Rider as well in my last game with Hoffman, and I think my first game with Sonya. Yeah, does that but just was, does that feel keyword. does that feel different to you, like in a in a good way, just to be more? Uh... Yeah, for sure. I mean, Yoko plays pretty in keyword as well, but you do still take like the random like out of keyword model that doesn't fit in. Um, so it was nice having a bit more cohesive of theme going on, but also just like it felt good getting a lot more variety. Yeah, right. Because after playing five games of pretty much the same list with one or two models missing. Uh, it, was, it was really nice to just be able to see different stuff on the table and feel like I was playing more of a game of Malifaux rather than just going through the same motions over and over again. Yeah, and it, it feels, and obviously, I mean, people that listen to me talk know I bounce around from faction to faction like all the damn time. I'm kind of like, Nick and I are like akin that way. But yeah, now I'm playing 10 Thunders and it, it just, there's a lot of fun shit out there that it's just like, you know, why just focus on this one thing? Why not have fun figuring some new stuff out? That's that's kind of what I'm all about. Yeah, hopping factions has got to be a great time because you feel like a kid in the candy store, right? It Whereas is, when yeah. you start to settle in, you start to find the tools you like, and then it's like, good old rock. Nothing beats that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it looks like uh, you made uh, Longton sad with a 7-2 victory there. 
Yeah, uh, sometime after turn two, once I had killed Karis, we kind of looked at his crew and he's like, I don't really do anything with these models left. You want to just go get lunch early? So we, you know, left for lunch with about an hour left on the clock instead. And uh, it was a good decision. It was a good time. We started just talking about what the next round was going to be instead. And he gave me some excellent coaching for my next round. Yeah, I mean, you end up getting into this last round. I don't I don't know what the strat is because I don't think it says on here on Longshanks. I can find it. But uh, wh- uh, while you're looking that up, you ended up getting Sam again, which it looks like Sam's doing the old Maxine thing again. And then, Nick, you ended up getting Maeve with the old... Uh, Bayou, and it looks like that a tale as old as time, man. At Perdita versus Ophelia. Yep, yep. It was uh, uh, you know non-title versions. Uh, Perdita is Perdita Light in the that matchup, right? And in the title versions. Uh, uh, yeah, you you both took the titles in that yeah, one. Yeah, Ophelia is definitely the uh, the, the lesser, uh, especially for the board that we had. Oh my God, the amount of concealment. Um, dense terrain that were was on this board that you just um, don't care about concealment. I didn't care about, and her crew cared about tremendously, and so it was a shooting gallery for me, and it was it was a rough one. Those poor gremlins didn't have a chance. No, you're a monster. <laughs> you ate two that game. Yeah. So uh, Maeve and I were were at the middle of turn two, and. Um, models were just dropping on her side of the table and and she came to the point where it's like i'm about ready to flip this fucking table um it's th- this is not my all my strategies out the window I've, I've i don't think i could score any of my points and so we just talked out the rest of what could have happened and uh we agreed on a uh, with the to that a, a eight two was was more than sufficient and we wound up going and having beers over at the uh, renaissance so hey that's a win yeah it was a win for both parties all right, Landon, and then you add Sam. Yep, so once again, played Sam, you know, round five of the previous tournament, played Sam round five of this tournament. Uh, so it's crazy that, you know, over 10 games, I played the same opponents for three of them uh, in each tournament. But, um, yeah, no, I uh, I played Hoffman 2 into his Maxine 2, and I had already seen his Maxine 2 once, so I kind of knew what it did. And, you know, I went over lunch and I kind of discussed with Longton what we were going to do. He's like, all right, you play Hoffman, you run Hoffman in there like a maniac, and you just throw the uh, the models outside of the protection bubble, and it just works. And that's kind of what happened, uh, except I took a brain fart and forgot to build Leadline Code on Hoffman. Um, so Hoffman's in the middle of all of his shit, and then just starts getting beat the crap out of by Maxine and you know somewhere at the top of turn two I'm like Hoffman's on two health I gotta get out of dodge because <laughs> um, he had one initiative and punched him a bunch with Maxine yeah. again. Um, so I managed to kill Orville just because I could with a laser and then walk all the After way that back model. yeah I, I hate that model so it's like oh whatever uh, so kill him and then just uh try to get healed by the toolkit but then Jin pops out in my deployment zone murders my mech attendant just because he was standing a little too close to the lawyer and I'm like, oh, yeah that is something that would happen uh so some of my healing goes away but then we get to like the end of turn two and hoffman's somehow not dead but he's still not really healthy and yeah, not feeling great and i and i go so assassinate right and he goes uh i wish and i go oh we are playing a game <laughs> um 
So if he had taken Assassinate, it was a 4-4 game as opposed to, I think, Leave Your Mark with his scheme that he scored zero points on since Peacekeeper just kind of sat in the middle the whole game. Hmm. I guess, um, I guess maybe maybe he was thinking that probably not getting Assassinate on often because just how tanky and durable he can be. Yeah, so like this was apparently his first game versus Hoff 2, and he thought Hoff 2 would play a bit further back than I was going to play with him, right? Uh, so I really surprised him by throwing him right in his face and starting starting to just use that. Just put his nose right ball. out there. Just you, I think that's when, like, you can do the sit back and laser thing, but I think putting him in the middle of the board, especially, I, I almost always put lead line on him because I don't want him repositioned out of where he is. Um, so I usually just put him smack dab in the middle of the board, make you come and deal with him. Yeah, I mean, in retrospect, lead line coat would have been objectively yeah. correct to have on him as opposed to not in the pool. Um, but I already had a coat on Ryder, and then I took no prisoners on Peacekeeper. So you already had a lot in there. avoid the ping damage. And then I also took expert marksman on core because I wanted to be able to kill Beeb. Okay. Um, and that worked out pretty well for me. I ended up sniping Beeb from 24 inches away. Nice. But... Um, yeah, it was a real tight game that pretty much came down to just a bad scheme choice on Sam's part. And I do that all the time where I'm like, why did I take this stupid scheme? <laughs> I can't score this at all. But no, it was another really fun game. Um, one where I felt like I was a bit more in control than uh, my previous game with Sam. Yeah, and I mean, you both ended up doing well in this uh, just open tournament. Landon, you ended up taking it with Guild, and Nick ended up taking it with Guild. So Guild back on top, and then Longton finished third again um, with Sam right behind with Arcanus and Explorer. So, um, yeah, they actually tied, I think. So Longton was complaining the whole time that if I had just let him have one more point in our game, <laughs> that he would have had third. You just couldn't <laughs> let me do it. And of course, Sam's saying the same thing. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't even notice. Did uh, Nick, did Andre play Rezzers, uh in that open? Yeah. Yeah, he soloed Seamus, uh, right? Yeah, he soloed Seamus. Seamus one or two? Or both? One, I believe. Okay. He likes his gun. interesting. Yeah, it seems to me that uh, Andre had been discussing with Longton, well, how do I beat Damien? And one of the things that came up was just shooting him, right? <laughs> kind of like we said earlier. He's a big gun. So he thought, well, what can I play where I just shoot something to try and test out this theory? And I think the answer he came up with was Seamus. Yeah. So, so Nick, does that mean that uh, Andre is the better Rezzer player when compared to Brian? <laughs> oh, hot take. I'm not getting involved with that conversation. <laughs> so funny story real quick before we kind of just talk about generalities here and uh, observations. But um, so, Brian, the episode that came out before this, we did uh, Von Stuck too. We did a talk on it. And Brian was like, can I ask you a favor? I was like, yeah. He's like, can you not release this until after Nova? Because... I, I don't want people just being like, oh, cool, I'll just counter him this way. I was like, well, it's very generous that you think we have that many listeners, but sure, I'll I'll go ahead and hold on to that <laughs> until we get out. <laughs> uh, so that was that was a good little thing. But um, yeah. And, I didn't realize they were fifth and sixth neck and neck on, uh, on the open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So since Landon abandoned 10 Thunders, 10 Thunders only had one player with John. There were freaking seven Arcanists and six guild players, though. So, I mean, still a good spread, but yeah, those two factions were the two top heavy as far as how many players played them. Um, Rezzers had five. So there's a couple of things kind of just, I think that I noticed when looking at the breakdown. And one thing I do want to say is 
obviously good players are going to finish usually pretty well no matter what they play. So I don't want to put too much stock into it. But noticing just in general that Outcast, I mean, they finished okay, but I noticed they were kind of on the bottom half of the standings. Um, and Nick, I know you were talking to me about how you were kind of a little worried for Outcast after this event. Yeah, the sheer raw power that I saw dominate the tournament um, makes me concerned for Outcast, I guess. Uh, but I, I know they have raw power. It's a matter of learning how to play it. And, you know, is it Von Schill um, uh, with his... Uh, Vangel 2 is it you know there's there's a lot of options I've got to sift through but yeah I am a little concerned that I'm sitting here with Guild which has a lot of beat stick masters and, and uh, support pieces um, that I know very well and I'm d jumping into a faction that I don't know all those pieces yet so I don't I'm not looking at all the masters taken but I would think since there were some outcast players I was kind of wondering I mean, apparently Terra wasn't used a lot. I mean, just kind of looking at some of these some of these people that brought certain things. So I'm kind of wondering if Terra was... Because I feel like she's still pretty... Especially Terra 2. A um, little bit degenerate type stuff, but, you know, still should be pretty good in a lot of these positioning pools. So I was a little surprised not to see her a little bit, um, even though I don't play her a bunch. Yeah, I mean, just looking at who's playing Outcast on Longshanks here, one of them is the guy who showed up, hadn't played a game yeah. of Malifaux before in his life, and dropped after round one just because he wanted to get a game in. Uh, so I, I think we can throw out that Outcast player. Mm -hmm. um, another one was the, the relatively new player who is still just kind of learning the game, who was playing Levy 2 in my first round. That's, round, that's number 30 right there. Then up there we have Jim Dyson. Love Jim. Great guy. Um, and so middle, middle of the table though, is exactly where I'd expect Jim. I don't think he was playing Tara at all. He was trying to Scorpius too. And so like Scorpius throws off a lot of power rankings as far as how factions go. Cause not every faction has like a good roster of masters. Yeah. They might have like just a couple good masters. I think outcast might be in that boat. Uh, and then Tim's the one that I recognize is like the first really like notable. I expect this to be on the higher tables outcast kind of name and he placed eighth which is not bad right yeah but... and he brought zip he brought levy and that is levy one um brought von Schill, which is always a solid one don't know what the second or last game was but then he did play terra two um in that last round and got a win so yeah, yeah i think i think that kind of goes back to what i was saying is that yeah i can see that without cast but i think terra and von Schill are still really good um yeah, sure and i think it comes down to what are the solid and good players playing like i mean obviously you know if landon decides to play outcast you're probably finishing somewhere decent there um not to toot your horn too much there landon same same thing nick i think if you I were appreciate you doing it for I, I think if you were you know playing outcast pretty consistently you'd finish most of the time in the top half of the tournament so i do think that's something important to note that it just looks like you know the people that you would expect to finish in the top half just happen to mostly not pick outcast or in in other cases not pick bayou 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 is the only one and i was going to ask you guys this where i feel like sometimes even if you're a good player a bad bad, bad round of something just high flips can just destroy bayou just because some of the models are 
so ridiculously squishy that sometimes it's hard to come back from. That's the only faction that I'm kind of looking at where it's just like, man, there's just sometimes where I love Bayou and I'll, I still play them, but there's times where even my favorite masters, a bad turn, and it's like, where'd all my models go? Yeah. I think they've got some resilience if you're playing the right keywords. Like if you're playing Kin or you're playing Infamous, you've got a little bit of ability to try and stop that, but I can very easily see what you're you know talking about happening if you're just playing like brewmaster and you flip bad or if you're just playing like uh, uh summer one of the keywords that just doesn't quite have so much tech just because they don't have a lot of like consistency in the faction i don't think yeah and i i think that's probably a good way to put it and it's it's also so the keywords that you mentioned like zip i could probably solo zip i'm very comfortable i think he's solid flexible fast drawing a bunch of cards um cycling them i should say so i think that if I was playing Bayou right now, I would probably just do Brewmaster, Zip, and Maw. That would probably be the three I would play. Oh, yeah. Maw's great. Yeah. But Maw is the one where I'm super concerned about squishy models. It's like if they can somehow work around your scamper, it's a rough day. Yeah. They just flip good and they never have to cheat, right? Yeah. And scamper it doesn't work as a defense. <laughs> it makes me sad, Panda. I'm like, did you cheat? They're like, nope. Son of a bitch. <laughs> happened to joel in one of my games he's like all right i got sparks i'm gonna scamper away i'm like no nah, i flipped that yep <laughs> he's like oh. totally didn't cheat you're not going anywhere die <laughs> um and then the other thing i was going to ask you guys because it, it got brought up in um just as we were kind of talking did you guys feel like a lot of your games didn't go to turn five so how, how do you feel that was going through the tournament did a lot of people not finish i mean how'd it go in nova I'm going to say that was my fault mostly because I was learning a new master every round. So most of my games ended somewhere in turn four. Okay. What about in the uh, master's tournament? You finished most of those? Yeah, most of those finished. I think there might've been one or two that came early. I think my game with John was uh, somewhere in turn four, just because we were going a lot more slowly without having the cards to reference. Um, and I think I only played four turns with Longton just because we were having such a really tough game. Okay. What about you, Nick? How'd your games fare? For the most part, we completed most of the games. The uh, Brewmaster just has so many flipping activations and out of after activation shenanigans that has to happen. Yep, and triggers it took a lot, a lot to get through. And uh, I'd say that and my first game with Tim was the only ones that did not go to end. Um, and those were all because of one reason or another. So, uh, but for the most part, most of my games ended around five. Which was okay. good. Yeah, that is good to hear. Um, just because I know in some events, depending on players, obviously there's some players that play slower or they're newer, which is fine. But it's always good to hear that most of the games are finishing. Um, but I, I also think the closer you get to the top tables or you know, the tables where people know their crews, those games tend to finish because it's like, I know what I'm doing, you know what you're doing, and we're just trying to iron out the details. Mm-hmm. So... As far as the meta goes, gaining grounds three, how do you guys feel like everything's shaking out? Is Malifaux burns a problem? Is there a certain faction that we feel maybe is more of a problem? Or is everything kind of washing out where it's like, okay, this is feeling pretty good? Silence. <laughs> well, I think if everything comes out of the new book like Damien, I have some concerns. Uh, there's still like a couple of things that are just happening that I don't think are great for the game. I'm a little upset about the idea that they printed Jin as just like a model that exists. 
and I don't think what Yoko 2 does is particularly good for the game. But like, other than a couple of small Doom and Gloom points I have, I think for the most part it came out really fun. Um, and I really do love GG3. Okay, so do you think... But see, that's kind of the problem, though. Past tokens are kind of, you know, that keyword shtick. So, I mean, how would you... I don't even know how you'd address that without necessarily... Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree, but like the one thing that's bothering me, at least with Jin existing, is that if it was like one keyword that does it and that's a unique thing, that's fine. But if we start putting like more models like this into the game, like Jin, you can take in any faction or keyword in Explorers, right? That just kind of get activation control. We start getting back into this weird second edition type thing where you're just hiring models, not because they're good, but because you want to like control. go with your good models last. Um, yeah, I feel I feel strongly about that too because when I play Brewmaster Two, just being able to just delay three activations and now it's like cool. I have three models that I get to activate and and I just don't it can think be that's brutal. very fun to do to people. Yeah, right. Like they they don't feel like they have any interaction, especially with Yoko Two, where you just draw two thirteens and you're like, you know, I have the cards to do wherever the fuck I want. I have a free pass. Um, <laughs> prepare. Prepare for it because it's happening. Prepare thy anus. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so oh, I, I feel like that's not super fun to do, um, but it's obviously good. I mean, what if you could say what Yoko's kind of weakness is because it's a control keyword. I mean, what would you say is Yoko's kind of like has problems I mean, with, if any? The thing that gave me the most trouble all weekend was just people taking activation control back at me, which is why I'm kind of like concerned about that trend. Of this is game. my thing. <laughs> it's like, if this is good enough that the only thing that concerns me is people doing it back to me, this is probably a sign of something that we probably don't want a lot of in the game, right? Because then it just kind of feels like an arms race. I mean, wasn't that why past tokens were created anyways? Because people would summon models and then essentially they would just, you know, activate the crappy summon models and then good models at the end yeah exactly um but maybe uh, bring uh bring parker two with rats and just use the rats to make you use your past tokens yeah that that could be a thing that you do <laughs> for that um, one keyword well two yeah, one keyword but um like the other stuff that i kind of struggle with is that yoko 2 requires a long setup to try to kind of get going like you try and generate a bunch of resources using your past tokens and your bottles that you summon and you get your hand of 13s you just run at them before they have a hand of 13 yeah. sometimes things just go really bad uh because then you're just kind of playing malifaux with them and your models are a little bit worse at playing malifaux with them because they're kind of expected to have all the cards what about you, Nick? How are you generally feeling about kind of the meta and how you saw a lot of the games progress? Uh, I'm enjoying GG3. I think the meta is decent. Uh, I'm a little concerned with uh, Damien and, and what other masters are coming out of this next book. If if he is the watermark of what we're going to see out of this damn book, there's going to be some wild things. Right, right. And it's hard to look at the, the statistics right now. I mean, it looks like there was 16 games played of Damien and he lost one of those. Um, but between one I, and two, I, I see. I think we got to be cautious with right. that because it's the new car kind of effect where I think it it might be powerful, but people haven't played against it a lot yet. That's exactly what I was getting at. I mean, it, the, us Texas guys were were in an Airbnb for this tournament, and we sat up for hours just trying to figure out how the hell do we counter it? What are they susceptible to? Um, uh, what are some strategies for each faction and master that can that can uh, 
limit some of his effectiveness. And it's just like when EXO first came out, uh, people were were shitting bricks. Like, this is overpowered. This is bullshit. You know, wh where's this game going? And eventually we figured it out. I think this might be the same thing. I'm hoping. Um, but these initial stats are a little, uh, a little, little powerful. Yeah, and we do got to give the guys some credit. You know, it's it was 16 games, but it was 16 games piloted by Cody and Longton, yeah. right? And right. I think Cole might have played a game or two, but yeah, totally yeah, true. Like they, it's entirely possible they would have been 16 and one with other masters too. Yeah, I think that's fair, and and that's kind of the thing you got to take away from these tournaments, where it's like, yeah, this person went five and zero with let's just say. I mean, Dashel, right? Or they went five and zero with McCabe too, and then all of a sudden people are saying, "Oh, look how busted this is!" It's like, well, you got to look at the pilot. You got to see who's playing it. You know, they probably finish above five hundred anyways. So I, I do think it is kind of a pump the brakes thing, and let's see. Um, I am concerned with this new book and Malifo Burns. I am concerned with Model Bloat because, especially when we have a bunch of new players. There's so many gotchas when you have this many models and titles and keywords that I, I can definitely see that being a problem moving forward. Yeah, I remember buying into second edition, not really just knowing how the game worked. And I bought like a Kaloti core box and a box of Bunraku. And I'm like, all right, time to go have a fun game. And it's like, I just got completely dumpstered because Bunraku don't do anything. Yeah, which I, I can appreciate, you know, a lot of models because it's a variety. It lets you keep the game fresh. But there are some models where it's kind of like, one, there are some models that just aren't good. And then two, there's other models where it's like, well, they kind of do the same thing. So why do we have two versions of it? Um, yeah, I, I just I think that especially for newer players, I mean, obviously not us on this podcast right now, because we've played enough games where there's very few models that we don't know what they do. Um, obviously maybe we have a hole somewhere where it's like, oh, I don't know this keyword as well, but generally speaking, you know, the shtick, you know, kind of like what this keyword does, even if you haven't seen it on the table a bunch of times. So that, that's something I think we need to keep an eye on as far as these, you know, what eight new or no, sorry, six new, um, masters coming out right. with titles. Yeah. I gotta say the keyword system does try and help alleviate a little bit of that though, because the problem with second edition or like earlier editions of the game is that like if you added a new model, you'd added a new model to every single list that could. And be played, and from right? what I hear, they also had abilities that did the same thing, but they were called different things. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're getting a little bit of that in this edition, right? Like Anya's obey is basically the same as Lucius's obey; it just works on a different keyword. Um, but. That I'm not less worried about than just like there being a lot of options. But I got to say, I think the keyword system at least makes it so that you have to pay attention to less of it. And they're being kind of cautious about how quickly they expand keywords, I think. Yeah, which is good for sure. So last thing, and then we're going to get up on out of here is I've already told people that I'm going to be doing some 10 Thunders, uh, especially in this next event and kind of moving forward. Uh, Nick, are you staying on the guild train? I know you're kind of at least interested in Outcast there for a little bit. Yeah, I think I'm going to stay with the guild thing until our Houston GT, um, which is next month. And so until then, I got to figure out what I want to do. Um, I do like a lot of what Outcast brings to the table and the uh, just something different to play. Um, and uh, uh, we'll see what happens, though. What about you, uh, Landon? You just you staying in the old Ten Thunder train? 
You know, I dipped my toes into the guild pool, and I kind of liked the temperature. <laughs> you like the taste, huh? Um, <laughs> so I might be playing a bit more guild in these coming days. It helps that we actually own the faction, because Longton was playing guild for a few months this year. Sure. Um, so I might just take a couple of those models and run some more Dashel. Because he was a lot of fun. He was still my favorite experience of the week, See, as far I'm, as like I'm Master a, goes. I'm a bigger fan of Dashel 1 and flexing into Dashel 2 when I feel like I need to. I love Dashel 1. I, I love what he does. I just love the ability to stone with any model in your crew. I feel like that gives you so it much does. control over the game that no other master does that it can just catch people off guard. Like, it caught Nick off guard. It's like, I didn't know you could do yeah, that. I, I yeah, I think the only... Uh, I mean, Shen Long kind of does that, right? With some of it. I, is that the teacher version that does that? I can't kind remember. Kind of, but not anywhere near to the same oh, extent no. or anywhere near as quickly. Yeah, when you can just... I mean, you can stone executes, you can stone crit strikes, you can you can stone. There's a lot of good triggers with that. Uh, yeah, that you have a, yeah, and even just being able to stone reductions, yeah. right? Yeah. You also have you armor a, ignore on an upgrade that you could put on a rifleman or whoever to yeah. put out that rifleman already just have armor piercing if you need to. That's flex right. Into You're it. absolutely right. Dude, Nick, but Nick, yeah, do you, you even bashful, bro? I don't even bashful, bro. No, <laughs> clearly I don't. Rough. Just add mounted guard. It'll it'll go well. <laughs> oh, so that that gets me thinking. So, I mean, did you guys see a lot of like summoners at these tournaments, or are summoners kind of dead? Does Dashel two count as a summoner? No. Does Dita two count as a summoner? No. <laughs> then I saw zero summoners this event. Okay, that makes me. I mean. I guess there was. Well, hold on. Does Mayfang two count as a summon? No, the accidental summons don't count. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's kind of the direction they're going with summoners, though. And I think the old summoners are just kind of out of date. And now the I summon one particular model type summoners. They're really good at summoning that model, and that model usually does some really good stuff yeah. in that context. But I think they're kind of done with the blank check summoner masters. I don't think they play well. Yeah, and I, I definitely think the same thing. And I can see people that probably brought summoners probably struggled in a lot of the games that were played that weekend. So, yeah, I mean, pe some people love summoners, and I'm not too sad to see them go because it is it was pretty annoying when they were in their heyday. I actually thought they were kind of a neat experience. I never really was one to actually play, like, blank check summoners. But I always thought that those games were kind of cool just because they gave you a lot of different angles to it think did. about it. Um, yeah. And so, like, I dabbled a little bit with Asami back when you could play Asami. Yeah. And she was um, viable. And I had a lot of fun doing it. But I can easily see the argument where, like, it's not particularly good to have such a wide variety of what the hell can happen when I activate this model. Yeah, there, there were just some keywords. Like, you look at Somer, I mean when he was before like gg0 gg1 he was so damn good it was it was almost like why him and maw it was pretty much him and maw just running the show yeah oh yeah for sure i played a lot of asami and gg0 and one uh because her summons was were able to drop markers with a bonus action um which are, are still useful but still I don't think it's the right approach or it's, it's being designed where that's not I, the right approach. So looking at Somer, cause he's the one that I really, 
Dashel, I think, is still okay. Like Dashel one as a summoner. There's some pools yeah. you can't do, obviously, but I think he's still okay. But um, I look at Somer because I play a lot of Bayou, and I'm just like, I don't know how you. Let's say that they try to make it where summoner summoners do something else, and they're not summoners anymore. There are some models that are just so bad for Somer that I don't know how you make it work because some of those models you just can't hire. They're just not worth hiring into your crew. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know how they're going to make them viable again. Maybe they're going to wait until, you know, maybe a whole new, you know, um, addition, but yeah, they're not in a great spot right now. A lot of them, Nick, your call off the top of your head when that tournament is in uh, Houston there, I think uh, it's what October 9th, 7th, 8th, 9th. Yeah. It's that second weekend in October. If my calendar would open up, uh, Second weekend, uh, it's the 7th, 8th, and 9th, uh, two-day GT, Hinchman Hardcore on Saturday night. We're doing a open play and then a Bonanza Brawl uh, Friday night. Hotels are cheap. Uh, uh, come join us down here in Texas. Bad, yeah, we might send Longton down there as well. There you go. Um, just put him on a bus. <laughs> yeah, we're discussing who's going to be able to make it out, but we're, we're talking about it. Oh, good. What about you, uh, Landon? You got anything you want to plug? Anything you want to share? Uh, I was having an event, uh, the Des Moines Meta, I think the 22nd, 23rd, that we'll be hit driving out for. So if you're uh, interested in that, you know, feel free to go drive out to that, meet me, meet the boys. I know Schemes and Stones doesn't put out too much content these days, but, you know, you can still... Yeah, they're doing some, they're doing some like, Battletech stuff. Yeah, and then, of course, always uh, like and subscribe to Danger Planet. Uh, we got a YouTube channel where we talk tier lists. We're planning on putting some content out that's much more keyword-focused for, like, some Tactica. Um, so look forward to that. Yeah, I've been looking at... Uh, I do like the tier lists, I think... I think there was a, I think you guys just put out the uh, Explorer Society tier list. I think it might have been today. That sounds right, actually, this morning. Yeah. Uh, so the tier lists are good just because I think it's interesting to hear you all talk about your thoughts. Um, obviously, there's some things I disagree on, but I think it's interesting to hear people that play the game and looking at the cards, even if they haven't played against it or with it, and just interpreting how they think this might play out in the current meta. So it's definitely interesting to hear hear y'all talk out each keyword and each title specifically. Yeah, and honestly, I think if Malifo was the kind of game where I could put out a tier list and everyone agreed with it, I probably wouldn't play Malifo. Yeah, I mean, right? solved um, games aren't very interesting, in my opinion. So it's really good to just kind of get that discussion that we have yeah. and just kind of suss out why we feel this and way. And you guys disagree quite a bit on a lot of the keywords. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I don't agree with that, especially when y'all were doing 10 Thunders. Somebody trashed, oh, I can't remember the master, but somebody just dumped it. And you were just like, well, I don't agree. I think it's actually pretty good. <laughs> so I think the only thing I everyone agreed on was Asami 2. Complete oh, trash. my God, yeah. Trashed here. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. We're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, make sure that y'all are flipping cards, flipping tables, and we will see you all next time.